0: Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfi.
1: G'day, thanks so much for getting our preview podcast, of final day, Flemington. My goodness gracious me, Vince Accardi from Daily Sexuals, what a meeting this has turned out to be.
0: <laughs> I couldn't believe it myself. It is, and not only is it a fantastic card, but it's going to be on virtually perfect surface.
1: Well, that's it. So we we just got the uh, we've got got finally some decent weather for the for the Melbourne Spring Carnival, and uh, we're going to see the best horses hopefully run to their fastest, mate.
0: Well, this is what we're all hoping for, and obviously we want to make some money.
1: We certainly do. This podcast will do a deep dive into the fantastic stakes races, and we'll we we'll may as well just do them in order. So, starting off with the Tab Matriarch Stakes, race five on the program here. The uh, Vince the favourites for the race, uh, and it is uh, two favourites: uh, are tissue and uh, and uh, dynasties are the main two at this stage. From uh, what are we? From Honey Creeper, Foxy uh, Foxy Frida, and Polly Grey. How are you seen the uh, tempo for this race?
0: Yes. Speed-wise, I found it a little bit uh, challenging in terms of how how close the benchmark they could go. I mean, all the key indicators were were sort of giving the signal that we're going to most likely run below benchmark. Even though you've got to sort of factor in when you've got drier ground, they're just going to naturally run fastest. So I've sort of pinned the race anywhere between sort of minus minus five lengths below benchmark and maybe we could get to benchmark maybe but i i am predicting a race that's going to be below benchmark
1: starting point i suppose is uh is that man uh, J mac with a, a tissue in the race uh put a bit of her sizzles on a, on a on a saturday It was a bit of a flashing light run she's never run over 2000 meters for for chris waller uh, she did when she was a a younger filly back in new zealand how are you assessing her chances now that these fields come out
0: the profile of the of this runner looks really strong, Ralphie, and of course the, the question that you pointed at the beginning is that it's never been at the distance and how will that impact it? The way I'm seeing it at the moment is, firstly, when we look at that last hour performance, the speed that it travelled through the first section, almost 13 lengths below, but excellent mid race move of almost 12 and a half lengths and ended up finishing off. I like the way it finished off the last 200 meters, almost a length above. Hard horse default, Raffi, didn't matter where I looked. Even in races where it's run real fast, like you can go all the way back to October 21, Ramwick Mile, it's not 2,000 metres, but when you're, going at a speed almost 11 lengths above the standard and you can still have the ability to finish off the last 200 meters half length below benchmark that's a pretty strong sign that you've got excellent sustained speed and you can do it with pressure and it's not going to get that so when you want to have a crack at this sort of distance range this is probably the time you want to do it when you're not going to be in a race with hard speed but if it was I don't feel this horse is going to be completely out of place because I just don't see him running. Even if in my wildest stream, what could they run? Two, three lengths above benchmark. You know, if I'm looking at the reverse angle, so this is a good setup for this horse.
1: Uh, dear me when you when you when you point that out that uh, that that ran with mile or the Epsom. Uh, <laughs> we're about to be talking about these horses: Private Eye, Cascadia, Moanga, and uh, there and go. there she is in, in the matriarch. So she does look really well suited.
0: Really does And... He got the hottest, hottest rider in Australia.
1: Got He's it. going all right, isn't he? Uh, right. Dynasties, um, we, we don't sort of view stats, but we always say traders' intense, very important. And this race, often over the years, Vince has been won by the horse on the quick backup from the Cup Day meeting. So I dare say that means Team Snowden has, has done this absolutely deliberately. Mm-hmm. Runner on the on the uh, Tuesday where she she ran fourth. It, by the look of your, your IVR figures that are through though from Cup Day, it, it was it was sort of a moderate uh, setup there, and it's going to go from a soft track, which is. Of of onto a dry
0: track. Yes, well, that's the big thing, isn't it, Ralphie? How's this horse going to handle itself on dry ground? There's not a lot to work with when we look at it from that aspect. There was a performance back in November of last year at Rose Hill, over 1,500 metres, not a lot of speed that day, around seven and a half lengths below benchmark, did finish off nicely. It's just one of these runners at the moment where – It hasn't been able to break benchmark. Now, mind you, this is a race where you don't need to break benchmark to get on the podium. We've got a profiling around anywhere between sort of 2.4 lengths below benchmark to potentially one length below benchmark. So you've got to find half a length to a length. It can do that, but I've got it scored down low. Sort of, I'm not sure if it's going to make the cutoff of the top four because these type of horses do like to wait and see. But the reality is it wouldn't surprise me if it sort of found itself in the finish.
1: Polly Gray is a horse who goes forward. She's only second up. Very, very honest, Mayor. She's a veteran now, but she, she continues to race really well. Very good on wet tracks. How does she profile on a dry track?
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> it's it's interesting about this dry track profile. There has been some good performances that can be considered, in terms of when you look at the history with this particular horse. But you have to go back a while, Ralph, because it's been been a long time since Sydney's had good weather. But if we go right back, I found a couple of runs where, example, let's go back to 2020 in September. There was a Group 3 race over 2,000 metres. There it is, running the fifth best performance of the day, 0.9 of a length above IVR benchmark. I looked at the race shape. There was good speed early. The horse had a bit of a mid-race slowdown. And then I looked at the sort of runners in that field. I wouldn't call them, you know, standout type horses, but that was enough for me to say, okay, you can handle the ground. And it just looks like Mr. Wallace has a strategy that this is a horse that's, you know, targeted for this sort of race.
1: I dare say that's the case with James Cummings as well. And Nash, back on to Honey Creeper again, I suppose the, the query is, uh, what type of profile do you think do you expect her to bring it on a dry track? Because like many Sydney fillies, or mares in this case, uh, they haven't seen a lot of it.
0: No, they really haven't. And this is typically one of these horses that could be a, a, a real big positive. I actually feel that this horse will be reasonably positive on dry ground as well. We don't have to go too far back with this run, and we can go back to Sandown in February of this year when it put in that really good performance when it was best of the day over the mile, and had to use good speed as well on that particular day. So I feel that all's ready for this horse. I love the fact that Nash is on board as well. Hard, really hard runner to to knock, and this is its chance. Like if it, if it can't win this race, well, it's going to have you know a challenging period ahead of it. But this looks. Nicely set up for it.
1: Conversely, what doesn't look nicely set up on paper anyway? And I'd be interested in your thoughts here with with Foxy Frieda, blinkers off. John White's uh, Ollie's not going to press forward on her, surely?
0: No, no. Well, he's not that type of right. Well, no. if he does look to go forward, he's going to looking he'll be looking for the sit.
1: Yep, yeah. I have to slot in. So that, that to me on the map looks like she's greatly disadvantaged.
0: Well. Yes, there can be some disadvantage there, particularly if they don't go too fast. But yeah. I, I, if I just sort of look at the way this horse relaxes, it can relax Rolfie. So if he's got to sort of park himself a little bit further back, he, he's never going to be too far away, Rolfie. What's he going to give him? Six lengths head start, worst case scenario if it, the, this horse gets back. You you know he's a master of understanding the best part of the track. He will definitely make use of that with the rail. But I think it's going to be, what, in the eight-metre position?
1: Yeah, yeah, I believe so.
0: So rail being in the eight metre position, they're all into the lanes when they turn for home. And the whites you know, if you're a little bit wider that means you've probably got a little bit more of an edge. So I am confident that the horse will get a good ride and it's gonna thrive on the dry ground.
1: All right, just before I get your final thoughts, I do want to ask you about this glory bound. It's it's, it's bugging me. You obviously uh, clocked her in New Zealand before she got here. Thought it was more than a satisfactory uh, first up run on the dry track and then conversely an absolute bottomless deck at Caulfield. Uh, it appears this is a bit of a moody target runner.
0: Yeah. Well, it's moody. All those things are possible, aren't they, Ralphie? <laughs> that's I an mean, sort of known say, versus yeah. unknown. <laughs> <laughs> you can't sort of say no. That's yeah. for sure lightly raced profile wise the 1.6 below benchmark first up was a new pb for the horse right so it's had a had a regression second up so it could have a bounce and into the positive and now is set well it's definitely set to be able to run on what's needed so this isn't a race where it can't win absolutely not you're more than capable of uh, figuring the finish here
1: all right let's summarize it it's issues on uh, entitled to be on top
0: i i believe so from my point of view it's just how you feel about it, how you want to target the race and it's not a race you can be really aggressive if you're going to bet in it's, it's sort of more like a, a sort of a c-grade bet if you're going to step in but i wouldn't uh, be surprised if this horse wins
1: all right let's get to some uh, the three group ones are they're absolutely fantastic the first of which three million up for grabs the daily champion sprint the Star Nature Strip uh, had his co- colours lowered uh, last start in the Everest, and it's something we've got to factor in. Uh, it's uh, It's about... as as we speak here at quarter to six on Friday morning. Of course, we'll update all the information uh, tomorrow as need be uh, from Giga Kick and uh, Bella Nipotina, Both horses obviously airborne. Giga Kick winning the uh, Everest as a three-year-old and Bella Nipatina coming off that dominant win in the Manicato Stakes on soft ground. Paul Leely was the uh, co-favourite there and just didn't turn up on the day after a dynamic first-up Caulfield win. Firstly, how are you assessing the pace in this race?
0: Yeah, good pace, Ralphie. Rothfire is just going to be the typical horse, but the reality is, no matter what, Front, front Page and the Astrologist are definitely going to keep it honest. And yeah. then you've got Nature Strip, who, to me, just looks like it's going to get the golden run. Either, if there's no speed, J-Mac will just, I feel, just going to be there, but if there's good speed, it's going to be able to sit behind them in that lead, in that lead pack, all part of that lead pack. And the reality is, I'm probably my wildest dream, they're going to go benchmark, but I wouldn't be surprised if they go two, three, four lengths faster than the standard.
1: Now, we know many, many years of doing this that if they're going fast and then they go faster again, it's advantage nature strip when he's at his best. This is a fair art here, Vince. How are you projecting nature strip performance tomorrow?
0: Yeah, well, I guess the, the first step is just, coming to the process of the horse didn't run to its profile on what it's capable of doing. I guess that's the starting point for me. What do we do? It's a hard horse to fault performance-wise. 3.2 lengths above IVR benchmark last start. It was about half length behind what it did the run before and around almost a length behind what it did in the UK. And then, if I go back even a bit further to like April, where the horse performed 4.4 above, so of the of the four runs, that seems to be where the profile is at the moment. And of course, if we want to go back to November last year, there it is—you know, 5.9 lengths above benchmark. And if the horse runs to that level, then really, it's almost impossible for any horse to run to to that sort of performance, other than. The unknown of whether Gigger Kick could make that next step of elevation—that's really what it gets down to. But if we have a, a race where the performance is going to be more like, <laughs> let's say, three and a half lengths above benchmark, then it's a completely different race. So this is yeah. this is where we're, this is where I see it. Right? <sighs> I, I have no understanding how that horse could have dropped off the way it did over the last two hundred meters, losing that three and a half lengths. There wasn't enough in that run the start before that would give you the signal that the horse was going to be flat. So all I could pin it down to was, did it take its toll from coming from overseas and has that affected the horse? Now, if that's the case, then I'm not sure this horse is going to miraculously rebound or this horse just had an off day and now we're going to see the best.
1: And this is where it's fascinating because we're... we're, Tell me if I'm summarizing you the wrong way. You're saying if he turns up to what he was doing last year when he won the Everest and then won this race, he's, he's well entitled to not just his even money, but probably odds on price. But it has to be a factor to take into account now. He's eight years old. He's gone to
0: England. He's returned. and He just didn't turn up at that level. Well, He didn't. And it's not because the horse can't handle the ground. And it wasn't yep. because there was an overreaction in the speed. There was none of those things. Now, uh, you could sort of look at it, oh, well, but the, the, the run before off the 95 days was a pretty soft run, you know, going almost seven lengths below benchmark first sex, between the eight and the 400 was still traveling at a reasonably soft speed of minus 3.7, but you would have just thought this horse would have just leapfrogged from there like it typically does. And we didn't see that. Now, we know the horse loves Australia, and it does get a golden ratio. That's probably the, the one scenario that keeps it in. But I also did think of this, Ralphie. Let's say the horse just runs somewhere near what it did first up, give or take half a length, you know, like half a length higher. Yep. Well, it is a race where you only need to run around four lengths above benchmark to, to be in the money. Yeah. So, No matter how you look at it, the horse is just going to be there. But I'm not banking on we're going to see nature strip of the old. I'm just not banking on it because there's no indicators in the numbers that are giving me that confidence now.
1: Well, he's been such a fun horse for us to track over the years. and. And uh, often you've said, well, he might stay in the stalls or whatever, uh, you know, fun phrase we might put put there, but this is not the case here. So you're talking about a very, very tight price, and when you take the tight price, you want all the, all the ducks in a row, don't you?
0: Yeah, well, he's the sort of horse that's, for those who have followed him through, you know, mate, he's been a fantastic money maker. Uh, we just don't want to start giving it back unnecessarily, that's all.
1: <laughs> that's the phrase. So, Giga Kick, uh, fantastic leap. Uh, we underlined after its Flemington win that it was uh, it was super. You were expecting it to uh, take a pair of beating the Coolmore said <laughs> They got the slot in the
0: Everest, and they got rewarded for
1: it. What did he do, and how are you uh, tracking his progress?
0: Well, here's another lightly raced horse. We go to the beginning of the campaign, length and a half below benchmark. Then second up it was 1.1 above. Then third up over 1,100 flim, it was 2.6 above. And then comes out and goes 4.6, best of the day. Like just continually leapfrogging upwards. So from a, a horse's quality, this is the new emerging horse on the scene. A repeat of that exact same run would absolutely have this horse first three. Now, when we peel that back and, and we've got to look at it and say, all right, you've gone all the way to Sydney, performed superbly. Now you're back. You're a lightly raced horse. Generally speaking, it, the horse is in its second prep. They, they shouldn't be tapering in the negative. There's nothing at all in the numbers that indicate that's going to be the case. The challenge is this. Is the trainer, and this is no knock on him because he's just a young man, Yep. Does he have the capability to get this horse to peak again and go to a new level, or is it just going to be the horse that just takes itself there because it's so classy and so talented that we could have an emerging star? Now, if we have that, then it's not going to matter a real lot as long as the duty of care cares there, which I have no doubt the, the stable will be doing. But he's a he's a young young trainer, and this is a this is a big ask to come back and repeat. And what happens if it doesn't repeat? What what happens? So that's the challenge, right? That I'm seeing. And again, I'm I'm talking strictly business. Of course. And I'm I'm trying to figure out. Okay, there's only three slots. I can only get paid on those three slots. You look, look like you're going to take one, but what are the drawbacks? And that's the only drawback I could find, Ralphie. I couldn't find any other negative. Everything else looks absolutely ideal. All the indicators for me, like if this was in. And again, I'm not knocking the stable, but if this was, let's say, Wallace Care or Ma nah, Eustace Care, oh, I would want to back this horse with a lot of ferocity. Nice. Well, speaking of Ma
1: Eustace, they have got the other horse that's uh, that's in the market of the of the three favourites here, and Bella Nipatina. How many times have we said it over the years, Vince, that good mares can keep improving at four, five, and sometimes six years old? She's fitting this profile.
0: She really is fitting this profile, and it was a it was a booming run last start. It really was. It was golden as well when we look at the way, just the nature of how that race panned out. It did sort of, well, the margin was almost five lengths, made the field look like they were in a different dimension. And the 3.6 above best of the day really franked what we'd seen coming through the previous two runs, that this horse is airborne, And the PB was absolutely on the cut. So now the question is, how much further can you go? Well, you need to realistically, if we're just saying that both Giga Kick and Nature Strip are just going to run A somewhere near last start. And then we are going to be looking for that four, four and a half above. So Bella Nipotina does have to turn up and run to another new PB. If they don't turn up, well, then the race is for her to lose. But I don't believe this horse is going to go any further this time. And I I thought that was a peaking run. And will this horse find another length? Maybe, but that still might not be enough to win.
1: Well, it's funny you say about the the, the peaking run and the plus four range because the one horse we should probably round off with is Paul Ely, who just didn't turn up at Mooney Valley. Who knows why? Uh, There could be... Uh, the reason for we, we speculated on that Monday on our Monday show was that maybe he got stirred up the night before, and because that was the delayed Manicato night, uh, he was three dollars for a reason because his first, uh, his sorry, second up at Caulfield was dynamic on clean ground, and Blinker's first time tomorrow Vince. Wow,
0: well, it was seeing was believing. You could just could never anticipated such a horror performance particularly when the horse was getting up to what I would have expected to be a golden distance for the horse, which is the 1,200 metres. And you could see just from historical profiling that (laughs) the last 400 metres was awful, right? Yeah. And clearly the horse wasn't travelling, and that's what that means. You know, to go from 2.1 lengths above benchmark to minus 1.6 to then to 13.5 below... That is really, really painful to have such a big drop-off and not... That's generally a sign something wasn't right. I gave that some thought, Ralphie. The only thing that I could come to over and above, above something not being right is there was a good extension through that first section, going 2.1 above. And when I look at this horse's history, this was the, the real interesting thing for me. The only time... And this is looking at its last twenty runs, that this horse was able to run to that speed was its very last run last camp well, when I say so let's say last campaign at Eagle Farm over thirteen hundred when it went two point two above all other races. This horse's natural speed is minus one, minus three where the horse is most comfortable. Now, I know it's only a few lengths more, but to do that, that might have just been enough say I've had enough, especially in the ground conditions, Rolfie.
1: So, so plus yep. fours is 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 best.
0: Yep. So if plus fours You're is best, if he turns up. <laughs> well, yeah, for sure. Look, the second up run was a clear signal for me. He's only a four-year-old, Rolfie. Yeah. There's enough evidence to also indicate. I mean, do you really feel the horse last campaign had an opportunity to test its PB? I don't think so. I personally don't believe that it did have that opportunity. And it's going to get the perfect ground condition. It's going to get excellent straight racing to potentially help this horse. And I don't know, look, you have a look at that run at Randwick. Back in October last year, one length below benchmark, 2.8 between the eight and the four, and then a booming last 400. meters. So the horse has got great straight line speed. And we'll get, a, I feel it's going to get a, a perfect trail. It's just a matter of, are we now going to see the very best Paul laley got to offer? I just feel this stable's been on fire. They've been on point with the majority of all their runners. And this run of this horse, I felt, was a little bit different in terms of the way they set up. A lot of James Cummings' horse have come to racing in ready to go right from the outset. I felt this horse has been on a build-up program. They didn't go to the Everest, Probably lucky they didn't in the end, but now it's going to get its. You know, this is Everest too, isn't it? Without the prize money, <laughs> it
1: certainly is. All right, from a business perspective, which way are you approaching this race at this stage on a Friday morning? Your race speed profiles come out tomorrow.
0: Well, it's, it, it's it's dangerous, Ralphie. It's it's dangerous. I'd like to feel that Giga Kick would be a good consideration. It's it's an it's an excellent price. Nature Strip. I do feel it's going to take one of those three slots, but I just can't put my money there. And then Paul Laley. but I am I am centred around those three runners. I did sort of feel that Argentinia could be another horse that could leapfrog up. I just love the way it performed last start. It could be a riser. So I'm a bit undecided at the moment where I'm going to go.
1: Yeah, so we've put down all the arguments, and and this is uh, this is the case to finalise tomorrow. Yes. Uh, this mile, uh, I, I've got a feeling you're going to have an opinion here, <laughs> which I'm looking forward to. The Kennedy Champions mile, again, $3 million up for grabs and fantastic. The VRC has been rewarded with such a good field, such a exciting field, really, of horses on the up. Uh, can we still call private eye uh, on the up after what it's done, done this prep? It won, the, of course, the, uh, the uh, Epsom in, in last spring. He was a bit unlucky uh, when he ran second in a fabulous straight break to Cockerel Rock, this time in dynamic up the straight, first up, best of the day, second in the Everest, uh, won the nature trip, and quick back up to the uh, the um, Ever- oh, Sorry, the, uh, the Kennedy Champions Mile here. Before I ask you about him in detail, how you seen the speed in this race.
0: Well, it is going to get back to what are they going to do with alligator blood? Yep. If they just sort of going to roll steady speed, then probably going to be the first horse they're going to run down. But if they decide to put, I mean, this is this is a, this is this is the golden type of scenario that if you run with some speed, knowing that if you're near the fence, you're not going to be disadvantaged because you're automatically in the lanes when you turn for home you do get a little bit of an advantage, Ralphie, particularly in small fields, because who's going to really peel out 10 off the fence, right, in yep. a small field? No one is, right? So they're just going to stay all within three or four or five lanes of each other, and therefore the bias being on the fence or one off the fence to a horse being five off the fence is going to be less than half a length. So you're actually buying some advantage. And we know from history, Ralphie, that you're probably going to turn in the home straight. It's going to be the fastest part of the track. And you yes. could get an even bigger edge. So it's all going to get back down to the race shape and how they're going to want to handle this horse. If they go and play the, you know, if Tim Clark plays the same game as what he did last start, well, he's definitely set it up for everybody else. And I'm sort of forecasting that they're going to roll with some tempo. Just, to, just history from the Waterhouse Bot team that they're going to have a little bit of a go with some speed. And I was really delighted. That they went to the mile instead of the two thousand meter race because that could have been another farcical scenario.
1: Well, the other thing is too, um, from from opposition point of view, it looks like uh, that that's a great race shape that Tuvalu is going to keep pressure on him, which is pretty much what you're saying that that would be ideal.
0: That's what I really am hoping for, and and Jared Fry, uh, I'm pretty confident he's just going to allow the horse to roll. that's good. And hopefully Tim Clark doesn't say, I'll just take a sip behind him because that might not be the (laughs) smartest thing to do. But I hope he just goes to the front and owns it.
1: All right. Favourite for the race, Private Eye. Uh, As I said, he's been on fire. What do the numbers say that he's been doing?
0: Oh, fire. That's for sure, Ralphie. He's absolutely on fire. Well, he put the riding on the ward first up, didn't he, Ralphie? 4.4 lengths above benchmark, best of the day. Unbelievable last 400 meters that day off above benchmark speed went 7.3 above last 400 meters. Can you believe that? I mean, how big is the straight line speed? It's 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 crazy. Then it went to Ram even in that run, there somewhat flattened but still only got narrowly beaten. And when I look at the way the race shape was 0.2 below benchmark, two and a half above between the eight and the four, and then a bit of a taper in the end, sort of giving that signal that AF felt the effects of the first up run, plus wouldn't have been the ideal ground conditions for the horse. And last start, wow, you know, who was back like in a ferocious manner. 4.1 above, 6 best of the day. And what I look for is this. I just look at that 6.2 lengths above IVR benchmark, last 400. This is big. I look at also what the energy depletion is. So what I had to make between that sort of 800 meter point to the finish was pretty strong, was around 5.7, which is excellent. Sort of giving me a lot of confidence. This horse is gonna come right to its very, very top. And this is it, this is its potential. I'm not saying the horse should be tighter in the price. I feel that it's priced about right. It should, yep. It's entitled to be favourite, but, you know, will it get a little bit of a drift? Because plenty of communication around that a number of people may be feeling that this horse isn't as good at a mile, which I was trying to understand how that could be possible when I only have to go back to October last year in that Group 1 race. I mean, that was yeah, so, awesome.
1: yeah.
0: oh, that was just so tough, that race, right, in terms of pressure. Okay, it probably wasn't against the very, very best Milers, there's probably a couple of runners missing, but that's about all. So I, I'm finding this horse pretty faultless. A repeat of last start will will pretty much ensure the horse won't miss the top three.
1: Any concern seven-day backup, 1,300 a mile in state travel?
0: Oh, no, I, I don't feel this because I, I do believe this horse is absolutely right at its top. I'll be surprised if that's what beats the horse. And if they run faster or a little bit slower, they're sort of not negatives for this runner. It's just a matter of just being able to repeat. Now, there, I did factor in to say, okay, let's say the horse comes in a length below. A length below this campaign still has the horse somewhere in the mid threes to low threes. And I, and I just looked at that and said, okay, then we're just in the same pack as everybody else. And therefore, you're still going to be super competitive. And if you happen to turn up and run to the week profile, which is what you could test, is a new PB, then it's going to be possibly too good. Possibly, because I do, I do feel there's another serious runner in the race.
1: Well, let's get to it, My Oberon, Your you head, uh, you, well, you gave it a, <laughs> a huge chance of your race speed profiles before the Cox Plate, and your head nearly rolled off afterwards. What did he do? And uh, with Blinker's first time, what are you projecting?
0: Yeah, well, this is one of the, the two runners that I feel is uh, very dangerous. That performance at Mooney Valley, seriously, Ralphie, <laughs> 2.7 above second best, but it was the way it did it. It did it with, um, like, it just made the rest of the competition, saying there were, there wasn't any competition. That was That's really what it did. And I just look at that, how powerful the run was, like, and and the margin that it made up, like, in running. was, like, just phenomenal. And I had no doubt that there was more to come. But the horse had just – it put him away as soon as he turned for home. Like, it was all over. My indicators are that they just got this horse. I'm pretty confident Annabelle Nisham at the moment is a rider, a trainer who really knows how to get their horses – going like superbly real quick, and I just can't help but feel we're going to find out on Saturday whether this is going to be a dead set Cox Plate contender and a, and, the, and the new superstar. We're going to find out. Now, I know there's this chance there could be a flat line run. I'm not, I'm not working on that base because I don't feel there was enough in it anywhere to indicate that. I just feel this is a horse that's going to be very explosive and be no surprise if it improves four lengths.
1: You're saying the race shape could suit a horse like Alligator Blood if they roll along uh, with the blinkers on. We expecting my over and a slot in.
0: Probably five six off the pace, Ralphie. Yep. Worst yep. case scenario, eight.
1: Cold Spring. Uh,
0: yeah, no matter what, they're going to be near each other. Private Eye and my over, and they're not, to, they're not going to be that far apart in terms of where they're sitting.
1: <laughs> nice. Um, Cascadian. Probably only two
0: to, yep. Sorry, go. On.
1: I was just going to say Cascadian to me on the map. Um, again, assuming they're rolling along up front and what you're saying about the leaders getting to the best lanes. Uh, J-Mac's doing miracles, but can he produce a miracle with Cascade in here on clean ground?
0: Well, the horse is going superbly,
1: right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: 2,000 metres, 1.3 above. 1,800 metres, 3.2 above. I mean, it was so powerful that last start run. It's hard to sit here and say, well, he's going – He's going every bit as good as his last two campaigns. And if we go back two campaigns, you know, there we are. Mile performance is 3.9 above. 1,600 metres. And there was another performance at Flemington, right? That was 3.1 above. Of course, if you want to go back even further when it did the 4.7, well, I'm not sure about that, right? Yeah. Whether it can test that. But we know this horse is absolutely on fire and it's not going to be disadvantaged being on dry ground the question will be is can you turn up and run even better than the 3.2 well there's there's plenty of evidence to say you could potentially run to around the plus four region my only if i've got any reservations ralphie the only reservation i could have is the energy depletion this is something i don't we don't talk about a lot right in the last two runs see depending on how your race shapes are determines how much energy you carry forward into future races. And this is why when you look at the understanding about how many runs you have in a campaign and what does that all mean? And, you know, we, we turn around and say, Oh, but on the numbers looks like it's come to its peak and it's done. Right. But there's an underlying platform that actually can give you more clarity on that. And that is, it's, see, it's all about the energy. So if you're depleting the energy, and this comes with racing, how many races you have, how many races you have in a campaign, what type of performances. And we've seen some horses, they've been running for 10 or 12 starts. And we say, how, how can they keep this up? And then you look at the profiles and you, you say, but the half dozen runs the also hasn't even used much energy. That's why they keep going. This horse is got the opposite. Those last two runs, <laughs> you have a look at that last run, it was a 17.1 lengths of energy distribution out, which which is like, that's super high octane and then when I looked at the run before where it was almost nine I go oh my goodness so that depletion of energy is massive so what this means for me is this the freshness in the legs is a negative especially on this distance roll the second part is it's not going to carry that energy into this race because it's depleted so much out of its bank like I'm not saying it's at zero. But there's no way this horse is going to have the same energy distribution coming into this race. And there hasn't been enough days in between runs for it to fill it itself back up because it's only 21 days. So I sit back here and say, okay, the other two runners have got a bit of an edge potentially on that energy depletion side. And therefore, we just might see a one pace run. I'm not expecting it to run below three, by the way. I do expect that. But we're not going to see this explosion, you know, where it's going to give the field six, seven lengths head start and try and outrun Private Eye or uh, Mr. Yeah, uh, Yep. yep. Uh,
1: sorry, my Overon. And, and yep, let, let's finish bro, with uh, Mr. Mr. Brightside. Is he going to get a chance to get the golden run?
0: I, I do feel this is the horse that's going to have the camp right off that lead speed. Yep. And really does get the chance to potentially deliver what I feel this stable has felt they had. Now they've been talking all along that they feel this is one of the best horses they've got in their stable and the performances have been even, but there was plenty of merit in that second up run Ralph. If you go back to September when it ran plus two and I even thought to myself, wow, on that sort of performance, who knows you might test your four lengths above benchmark. Now we've got to remind ourselves, right now, I don't know about you Ralphie but if it was me if let's say Brights uh, if uh, I'm thunderstruck been for this race here uh, doesn't matter all the all the things I'm talking about now I'd want to back I'm thunderstruck
1: <laughs> I just a- want
0: to back that horse right yep well who beat it last prep yeah. <laughs> who beat it yep there it is now we're on good ground <laughs> I'm saying to myself wow that's scary So now let's look at the last part. Let's have a look at the energy distribution of this particular horse and what's been happening here. There's no way this horse has even remotely emptied its tank out with its energy. This, it may have just come all at the right time for him. This is its chance for the stable and the horse to demonstrate that it's up to the very, very best. And I do have an expectation that this horse is going to be able to test that plus four range, even though. So far, it's been running in the in the mid twos, and I feel that's all got to do with ground conditions,
1: uh, and and tempo or lack of.
0: Yes, yes, but yeah. it's up against two big guns, right? Yeah, that's a, right. A, a, a potential leaper and private eye. So it's not. It doesn't have the race on its own. It's not going to just be able to come in and just obliterate the t- the competition. But what we can say with a lot of confidence: don't be surprised if it comes first, second, or third, because it's absolutely ready for that.
1: I you know your mindset's always about the slot, so what's your mindset here on the Friday morning?
0: Well, seeing's believing. I know this international horse looks uh, like a huge potential, but just just doing business. The numbers say 2.7. I've got to wait and see. So probably as much as I'd like to back that runner, this is probably not the race. And then it's it's coming down for me. It's either going to be bright side or private eye is where I'm sort of pinning. And, of course, this doesn't mean that my over-on can't win. It just means where am I going to place? Because I have an expectation there the three horses are going to fill the slots. Nice.
1: Uh, race 8, the champ, champion stakes again. The VRC have been rewarded by putting on the extra prize money, putting this race the last day, the old McKinnon stakes, and uh, and also been rewarded, I suppose, by the courage of the owners of I'm Thunderstruck. As, as you said, we, we would have been shoulders back into the mile. Instead, he's, they're, they're, they're taking on Adamo again. And I saw uh, I saw Mick Price yesterday on the Channel 10 coverage. Uh, he said, oh, what's going to happen? He said, Adamo's going to be 1-1. We're
0: going to be at the back.
1: <laughs> so, so, firstly, Vince, how are you seeing the, uh, the tempo unfolding for this race?
0: Well, doesn't at all lie with uh, Jamie?
1: Yep. So it's all
0: about Jamie, right? With yep. If she does the same as what she did last start, well, she shouldn't be expecting any different outcome. She's just going to get beaten comfortably. That's my view. Now, it was interesting at the races yesterday, I noticed that she was doing some what I could see, fast tempo work up front like yeah. in terms of uh, getting horses to be like hard on speed or, you know, running really quick up front and, you know, just really trying to understand how to control that race shape up front. So the best chance for Zaki, again, it's like alligator blood. It's a, absolutely the same scenario from one perspective, and that is if you're going to go slowly, you got, you're got got just you just not going to win, Ralphie. You may actually not even run a place even though you shouldn't finish any further back than third in this race, right? Yep. But the reality is for this horse to run right up to its best around that four, four four and a half range, you need to roll. And you need to roll, I'm not saying like at a blistering pace, but you need to get out, find your feet after you've gone three, 400 metres, look for that extension and keep the race honest is what I'm basically saying. is Keep it honest and make everybody work. Because you know your horse is going to run a strong two thousand meters, and you're rock hard fit. What are you going to wait for? What are you going to wait for? So that's that's the key. Now, if, if they run like last time, don't expect any other outcome. Because you know, I'll, you know anybody that wants to back Saki, I mean, I'm, I'm not going, I wouldn't stop them from backing it. But you know, the the probability of that horse finishing first three is probably only going to be forty percent. But if it runs with speed, it's probably seventy.
1: Right, so can, can, can it come down also pressure from others and is there any others who are likely to test him? Maybe Mr Maestro who, who showed it when it won it on dry ground that it can uh, produce speed, but it's got that challenge of coming back from the derby.
0: That's right. So yeah. you lose a level of energy. That's a challenge for you. They, you know, they're going to be looking to... Well, or most riders' natural tendencies look for the sit, Ralphie. Yeah. <laughs> so I do have that expectation... But Michael D, he's he's not afraid. And if he feels that no one wants to take it, maybe he will take it up, right? But I don't feel it's going to be at anything of a brutal nature.
1: Uh, the only other horse, I've just got a little query about whether they, they might show a bit of intent as Maximal, given that uh, Benny Mellon uh, basically sat second line on a slow tempo, of course, in the Turnbull. But it might be the same case again here on uh, on Maximal coming off the uh, the Cox Plate, where didn't show early speed and also uh, battle on that soft ground where he's much better on top of it.
0: Yeah, I did think about that as being a possibility. And he does have the capacity to run plus two through the first section. Yep. He's demonstrated that on a number of occasions, to being that plus two, plus three range. That'd be wonderful if they did that. I'd be really happy. I'd be excited if Ben Mellon did that. I mean, he'd probably give his horse no chance. <laughs> so, if he did that, right? So, yep. <laughs> really, they looking... Because you have a look at the leading runs, Ralphie. Minus 19, minus 10 and a half, minus eight and a half. Imagine now going 10, 12 lengths faster. You're going to be probably the first horse with the flag up, right? So... I don't know how where they're going to be of that. So it's, it's going to be interesting.
1: All right, let's just match them up. The two stars, Animo. I'm Thunderstruck. Animo's just beaten I'm Thunderstruck relatively narrowly. Narrowly the past two starts on on relatively for this class slow tempo races. How are you assessing the way it comes to play? I know on the Monday show you said you still reckon there's more improvement to come with Animo.
0: Yeah. So we talk about um, Thunderstruck first or Animo. No, better, well, we makes better, it better talk about I'm Thunderstruck first, Ralph. We best okay. we do that, right? Best we yep. do that because otherwise, you know, everyone's going to be confused, <laughs> even me. <laughs> Firstly, okay, they've gone to the 2000. But, uh, you know, am I pleased to see that? I would have liked them to be in the other race, but then the other race not easy either, right? And again, we come back down to this big thing, the energy depletion. I felt that the horse had huge energy depletion off that last run. When you look at the race shape and you go, "Oh, but eleven and a half lengths below benchmark," that's right. It was. It was soft, and then it just had this big zoom. But that was the biggest tip out of energy the horses had. And when I say this, Ralph, the last time this horse had that type of energy distribution of that level, we have to go all the way back to September last year. And this was a big empty out, and this was an empty out of the two thousand meter range. So, I'm not expecting to see I'm thunderstruck to have anywhere near the same booming sort of finish that it showed last start what it's going to show this start so I see that as a big negative if they run fast, it's gone i I'm a big believer that this horse is yet to prove itself that it's a a race that a horse that can race at a high level speed at two thousand meters now mind you. I am going to say it with the caveat of if it didn't have that energy depletion of last start, then I would sit back and say, okay, let's see what happens. Maybe you've got it because class-wise, I still maintain it's the second classiest horse in the field and arguably one of the top five horses in Australia. So there's no way I'm going to knock this horse on the level of class. And you know class goes a long way, Ralphie. It, it, it helps you to win a lot of races or be competitive. So from that standpoint, you're excellent, and you're probably one of the best milers in the country. But you're at a two thousand meter race, and you you deposited you well. You wasted too much energy. I felt last start. Now we go to Animo. Man, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm honestly trying to work out how is this horse going to be beaten. Well, the only way I can get beaten is if the horse turns up a dollar fifty and a dollar ten for a place. So I get beaten because I can't back it right. Right, because too sh- too short. Right, because I, I I have certain principles that I work with. So that's the only way I'm going to get beaten because this horse isn't going to get beaten, Ralphie. Firstly, I look at the energy depletion. It hasn't had any yet. (laughs) This horse is winning without using any energy. Like, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the last three runs. It's nothing compared to what it did the previous campaign where it was the depletion of energy of this horse, what it's got in its tank that it can deplete. Is phenomenal. It's better than any other horse in this race. And really, Ralphie, I pray that they just come for I thunderstruck. I really hope they back it aggressively. I hope they back Zaki as well. Maybe they won't, right? Well, I hope yep. they back anything, right? Just keep backing anything in Animo, you know, until it gets to an even better price, and then they can back it, right? That's, that's a dream, a wish, because... It's unrealistic. And this this horse here, like I was thinking about okay, maybe you'll get caught on the fence, you can't get out. Well, okay. Let's say that happens because they they just jog along and they can't get out. Well, it's got the biggest sprint, Ralphie. How how are they gonna stop it? I don't know.
1: You got confidence in the rider, you reckon the rider will go alright?
0: Yeah, I I just I just $2 $2 Two dollars for all those people who like to bet for a win only. They'd be pretty excited. Going to get on a good track. We haven't seen the opportunity yet where this horse not only can have, you know tested six point two from last campaign back in you know Cox Plate of last year. I've always had the view right from the beginning. This horse has got the capacity to run you know plus seven or better. And well, I wish Zaki ran with some speed because then we'd be able to see if Zaki this is just. I, this is purely selfish. Well, whether if Zaki can go three, five lengths above benchmark, then Animo might be able to run seven or eight, and I'd be really excited because then we'd, we'd know that we've got the best horse in Australia, which I feel this is where we're at with this horse. I think this is the best horse in the country, Ralphie.
1: Fantastic. Great way to finish with, uh, hence doing it this way, because I knew (laughs) I had a feeling that's what you'd be saying. So it's it's something that we really look forward to, and I really put on a a show tomorrow at Flemington. Thanks so much for buying our deep dive into the feature aces at Flemington tomorrow.